Good evening and welcome in to the Warriors of Lust podcast episode number one titled so appropriately consent because consent must lead everything. I'm so happy to have you along. We need to start by introducing our wonderful hosts. First of all, for those who do not know me, I am your enemy of innocence, Callie Page. And I am the insatiable Jiraku Drake. And I'm the temptress of fate, Serena Hima. And we are your warriors of lust. It is so wonderful to be back. If you have not listened to the pilot episode yet, I highly recommend you go check that out. We had a wonderful conversation about how to get into role-playing in Final Fantasy XIV. And spoilers, it's going to be a big theme of this show. Now, this episode is all about another major uh, theme of the show that we're going to be basically returning to in every episode we do from here on in, and that theme is on consent. Uh, Jiraku is a master of consent. He knows all about getting consent, and he always gets consent. That's correct. And also in the bedroom. Uh, I, I don't need oh to elaborate on the other context. I don't think that's particularly relevant. <laughs> Ulda is Ulda. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Ulda is indeed Ulda. All right, so let's start with talking a little bit about what we've all been up to over the last uh, couple of weeks. Jiraku, we're going to start with you, and we're going to remember to do everyone else this time. <laughs> this time we will not forget. So, yeah. um, I, we as a group, minus myself, made an appearance on a lovely other production, and I was unable to make it because I have had a throat infection for quite some time. That has thankfully cleared up for this production. Um, it's, it's always important that those sorts of things be taken care of before you're broadcasting, before you want people to hear what you're saying. Not, not True after. or false, you actually just were worried that your mommies were going to embarrass you on Maelstrom. <laughs> false. Mm-hmm. True or false, you had a late night session and didn't gargle any Listerine after. Uh, I okay. Now that's not terribly relevant either way. I mm, no. Next question. Next question. He's not confirming nor denying. So yeah. I think it's true. <laughs> that was not a denial. That was so far away from a denial. <laughs> that was avoidance. <laughs> Let, re remember, everybody, if you are uh, having your throat used properly out there. It is always important to practice good oral hygiene afterwards. Otherwise, you get throat infections. And don't share toothbrushes. N no, Why? <laughs> oh, gosh. Did you share a toothbrush? Is that what happened? Oh, no. I, I knew someone okay. who did that and didn't know that I, I had used it to clean the toilet beforehand because I hate <gasps> that gentleman. Oh. Oh, I thought I thought you were speaking from experience. I mean, you are like speaking from experience, but not like you know. Sometimes oh. I'm very unkind to people. I did it to someone too, so you're completely fine. Note to self: Do not make Jiraku angry. Got it. I have a temper that's very difficult to earn the attention of. So let's just say they really had it. Oh, God. Okay, well, that is a whole new definition of toilet play that we're probably not going to cover this season. 
Uh, Serena, how's your uh, few weeks been? What have you been up to? Um, I've been doing pretty good. I've been uh, finishing up raiding with you, uh-huh. of course, Callie. And we all cleared E12S recently. And we did. Got we our all mounts. got our mounts. I, Just hit best in slot under you Goon. did. I'm so proud of you. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, really, I've just been like like appearing on Mailstorm Radio and just highly anticipating recording this episode. I know it's I, like the official launch I know. now. It's exciting, <laughs> it's nerve wracking, but I think it's rather exciting. And really, I've my life is right now just been dedicated to Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> Well, that's really good, given what we do for a show now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I uh, I was going to talk about hitting Best in Slot on Dragoon, which was very satisfying, but at the same time, the fact that one of my last items I got was the belt also kind of was a kick in the what remains of my dick, because, like, there's... I'm going to have it for three weeks, and then my belt's going to be gone. It's not going to matter anymore, but that's fine. Here's what happened tonight before the show. I uh, It's been a minute since I've done laundry. I've been a bit of a lazy kitty about doing my laundry. And so I had to bust out a shirt from the pre-transition era. We call those the Dark Ages. Um, and uh, it's a button-down shirt. And as I leaned forward after finishing dinner, I literally tore the entire back out of it because um, me tits be too big now and it don't fit no more. You got the mommy milkers. <laughs> <laughs> I resist it. I'm sorry. Color me completely unsurprised. <laughs> yeah, listen, they're coming in pretty good, right? We're getting there. I don't look I don't look pregnant yet as badly as I wanna be. Oh but uh we're getting there. No, do you not know that? Like one of the things that happens as you get further along in hormone treatment is you wanna get pregnant so bad. I wanna I want someone to breed me like you would not believe. Listen, I've had What that are you, Ishgardian? wow always with the ishgard hate i notice it's draku you have eyes that's how yeah fair enough and ears more relevantly (laughs) uh all right we got to talk about this because of course it's kind of the big news that came out in between episode one and two or sorry between the pilot and this episode uh and walker delayed two weeks um could someone give yoshi a hug please could someone hug this man because like watching him deliver this piece of information like i don't like listen i had to drop out of college because i was a failure and uh having that conversation with my parents was less painful than uh yoshi trying to tell us that he had to delay the game two weeks like someone hug this man it's very clearly been a terrible i'm going to guess year and a half two years for him yeah, like between COVID, between uh, uh members of the staff uh, having cancer, uh, between trying to get this expansion lost, and we listen. I, I I've seen every expansion launch of this game. Yoshi looks progressively sicker the closer we get to launch because the man does not sleep. Mm-hmm. He just works twenty hours a day, and you can't do that for long periods of time without dramatically affecting your health. He's gonna die at the age of like sixty, and we're all gonna feel terrible because he worked himself to death on this game. Someone tell him it's okay to delay your game for two weeks because on the scale of game delays in twenty twenty one, that's literally nothing. Exactly, because we've had so many other games that were delayed for so much longer and then kept being delayed. But I, I just feel so bad for him because there's people out there that 
aren't taking it well. They're being whiny bitches yeah, about it. Yeah, and I'm just like, guys, it's a, it's a, first of all, it's a game. And second of all, they want to make it the best they can. It's the end of such a long period. Like, this is the yeah. last of the story. So, of course, they want to make it the best they can. Don't be fucking assholes. Yeah, it's- like, this is the end of the Heidel and Zodiac era. Like, the saga that's being been told since 1.0 is coming to an mm-hmm. end. They are trying to make it as good as possible. We're trying not to have a repeat of Raubon Savage. No one liked that. No one had fun mm-hmm. with that. Serene, I don't think you no. were around for that time. So, when Stormblood came out, the instant servers didn't work properly. <gasps> And literally, everyone got to the very first uh, single-player duty and could not enter it. We had to literally just stand in line, like, one at a time, entering this uh, single-player duty, and it got called Rob on Savage. And, like, we're trying to avoid a repeat of that. And also, and I say this in the most loving way possible, I do feel empathy for those of you who took time off work for this release. Also, don't ever do that. It's a horrible decision. It always has been, and it always will be. And I took two weeks off for the release of 1.0, a game that I knew would be a surefire hit. And guess what? It sucked. It was a it was a real bad game. I took two weeks off work to play this game. I played it for about 13 hours before I was like, you know what? This game's actually it's awful. Did you really? I did. That's <laughs> a true oh story. God. It was my first paid vacation time I had ever taken off. It was the first job I had that actually gave me paid vacation time. I took the time off for it, and yeah, it was the worst expenditure of PTO I've ever had in my entire life. No. Yeah. So, anyway, we just wanted to quickly throw out a word of support to Yoshi and to Square Enix team on this one. Y'all are doing fine. Put the game out when it's ready. We're looking forward to playing it. It's going to be great. Don't worry. We got you. All right, we need to start off with the Thirst Down, everyone's favorite way to kick off a show. For those who have not listened to the pilot, why haven't you listened to the pilot? What's the matter with you? Uh, We like to start our shows off by counting down some of the most thirst-worthy people in all of Eorzea, all of Heidelin, all of Final Fantasy XIV, because, you know, everyone can say, you know, Yishtola or Thancred because he's so handsome. But like, there's a lot of people out there that are worth thirsting over. I went first last time. Someone else gets to go first this time. I am so very happy to go first because I know <laughs> okay. that who I have chosen is so much better than anyone anyone else could have ever possibly thought of that even though this is in no way a competition, I'm going to win. I think I think it's like a competition with yourself because are you trying to like outdo yourself from our last, our pilot? Mike? Well, hopefully this time I'll know the person you're talking about. um, Obviously, the goal here is that every episode of our show is the best episode of our show. That's (laughs) true. That is is the theme of the show. You're right. We want to be better every time. Therefore, I'm going to beat myself. So. Okay. (laughs) After the show. But for now, (laughs) Tista B is the best absolute best anywhere okay just so i know who you're talking about this is the girl in the um the the beehive that uh you have to play uh cards against high low yes yes oh okay 
I have met many people who play card games, and let me tell you, it is no small feat to somehow turn that into something that is sexual, and she pulls it off. No one is going to be playing Triple Triad while they're jerking off in a corner. That's not going to happen. Uh, You know what? I met a guy in the Gold Saucer who I am 99% certain was jerking off while playing me in Triple Triad. That's more about you than it is about the cards, though. (laughs) Just because I wasn't wearing pants. So, Tista B, first off, I just, I need to make sure that everyone understands that... There are few things more attractive than being good at and obsessed with gambling. Everyone knows this. Really? Everyone agrees with this. This I don't even <laughs> feel a need to explain that point. It's yeah, so self-obvious. Yeah, clearly massive gambling addictions are very sad. Exactly. That's why so many people who have gambling problems have children that they sell off to the silver mines to cover their debts. (gasps) They do be fucking. They they wouldn't have had kids if they weren't romantic. Or just hot. Sorry. (laughs) Or addicted to gambling. Yeah. Um, but this is a great message for everyone. At home. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> if you want to have a committed, loving, terrible month long relationship, you too can do so by becoming a gambling addict today. <laughs> Yo, if you want to have a disappointing relationship, get your ass to the craps table. Let's go. Just walk on up there and be like, I'm here for a relationship. <laughs> That's correct. Sorry. That will work. Depending on your state of dress and quality of dress, that will work. Just take a... Yeah, listen, I'm going to give you a warning to our listeners right now. If you go to the uh, to the local casino and you go up and say, I'm looking for a relationship, they are not going to let you play craps. <laughs> also, don't, don't be like Callie and make sure you wear pants or they will definitely kick you out before you even walk in. I mean, listen, <laughs> it depends on how good you look without you're pants right, you're on. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You'll make it through the door. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Then security will tackle exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's the relationship you're looking for. And Tista B, definitely, speaking of dress, I am convinced. Now, when you talk to her, she's wearing that stuffy, fancy, ruffly dress. There is oh, yeah. no way. All right. We already know that Yolmore is full of talented craftsmen and whatever people that make things there is a zero percent chance that she has not had someone turn that dress into a quick breakaway dress when you need it off and out of the way in two seconds flat okay i i actually believe that uh i'm gonna tell you this so here's where i agree with you on on tis to be it was oh like because you when you go to yulmore for the first time it's weird it's it is a weird place and then you go there and you talk to her and it's like it gets weirdly sexual all of a sudden where you're just like, uh, mommy, yes, can we can we play more cards? I'm I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. So you're right. She does have a weird power to change the story and suddenly make it really sexy in a city that is otherwise very deprived of sexiness. She hangs out in a strip club surrounded by pole dancers and is keenly disappointed when the only thing you want from her is information. Listen, so do I, and they call me a bad influence on children. I have nothing to say to that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, Tista B, we submit you to be on the thirst down. Serena, who you got for us? Oh, so um, I felt like this 
um, was a good submission as it is November, which Final Fantasy Twitter usually dubs as Rovember. Um, mm-hmm. Because, of course, Rose need more love. Um, yes. I'm going to butcher this name. I will let you know that. I have a hard time with names. Um, <laughs> so um, it is... <laughs> can't even say it. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Misja? Misja, and then I'm, I'm no. not Boyach. That's okay. That's how I'm saying. So we're talking Boyach. about the villainous of Boja. Yes, we're talking about okay. the villainous of Boja, which we should probably say spoilers. Um, uh, I yeah, probably I, should, yeah, we should say spoilers. We should definitely say spoilers. And unfortunately for myself, I haven't finished all of the Boja quests. I then I okay. Then we won't spoil what becomes of Misja. Oh yeah. Um. No, I know that. Um. Because I have been spoiled on that portion of it, but I don't know the whole story. Okay, well, she, we won't spoil everyone she else. She clearly then. becomes a dominatrix. Obvious. Oh, oh my gosh, a one hundred percent. That would I. I would be very happy. I just recently, personally, finished Castrum. Um. So, but so, <laughs> let me tell you what what Misha has absolutely going for her. <laughs> She's a villain. One. Of, well, she is a villain, which makes her great, first of all. Also, uh, one of the sexiest sneers yes. I've ever seen. Like, sometimes with those character models, the Rue especially, their sneers can look really goofy. Uh, her model? No. Her model has a sneer that makes me sit in a puddle. I, the first time I saw her when starting doing the Boja stuff, I was like, who is that? We're getting an- yeah. another uh femro in um <laughs> a quest line hello well it is a little frustrating because you're like okay but you're you're definitely supposed to be a female rothgar and they just don't have yep. female rothgars that's why they're using femros yep. but like it doesn't make any sense actually like why are there all male rothgar and femro <laughs> just this is the replacement <laughs> obviously rothgar aren't real they're just rugadin doing furry costumes yep they're just rugadin taste i wish that that our off guard went over so poorly that they took him out of the game and just said that that they just <sighs> said well actually they were just rugged in disguise and you're like all right guys come on uh serena question about Misha. yes is Misha packing um i mean a strap yes probably most definitely okay i'm just i'm just checking just want like just i curious. would i would say most definitely like mm-hmm. that that woman is is a top 100 percent yeah she does not like give me the power bottom like some of the villains in this game like like xenos is a total pillow princess xenos pillow xenos princess. is a pillow princess, Sad pillow oh. princess as we named him <laughs> on males correct misja does not give me that uh that impression whatsoever all right then i will uh i'm not gonna put a villain on the list but i am gonna put someone dangerous on this list I submit to you, humbly, Sadu Dotharl. I I have a thing uh, for Zayla women. I mean, I married one, and um, I was also subbed to one for many years. Um, I also have a thing for dangerous women. I like anyone that I think could probably hurt me. Uh, and I also have a thing for crazy. Just ask my ex. <laughs> uh, like... I'm telling you, uh, Sadu Dotharl checks a lot of boxes for me. She is scary, 
and really powerful and really dangerous and uh, also uh, just remorseless. And I love her. You see, my only questions on that, I only have two questions when it comes to Sadu. Okay. One, she definitely chains you up to those giant magic rocks she summons, right? Oh, like yeah. that's, I that's hope so. Absolutely yes, please. A thing. <laughs> yes, please. And the biggest concern I have with regards to her is how does the meteor come into play? How, how what is what are the mechanics of that? Uh, the answer is however she wants. Valid. Yeah, I, I listen. Uh, she's she's wonderful. Uh, we all you know this is where we uh, the Dotharl are one of my favorite uh, 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 Aura tribes, and of course, I mean, what a shock! The trans girl loves the Dotharl, uh, but she just she checks so many boxes for me, and just having her uh, get under Magni's skin is just oh oh so sweet. Little son. Little son. Little son. I absolutely adore Sadu. And this is me also speaking as a Zalo woman and a black man. Yeah. I... Did I, for anyone else, did, did they? Did anyone else find it weird that they just let Yishtola murder a man in front of his rival? Yes. I mean, it was like my favorite scene in the whole in the whole of Stormblood. But like, I, I don't think that there's any point where Magni is not getting dunked on someone that's just it's it's the difference between a slap across the cheek and someone dropping a boulder the size of a building on you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's true it's true uh so uh before we move on i i I do need to address something that is is kind of important uh we mentioned on social media before the show went live that we would be recording live from the quicksand in this episode uh unfortunately we were told that we would not be allowed to record in the quicksand uh serena no it's not my fault why why are we not allowed to record in the quicksand i'm not being blamed for this Okay, I'm, I'm not saying that it's your fault. I'm just wanting to know what happened. We once again got in trouble for harassing. No, we weren't harassing. Harassing is their word. Exactly. It's not our word. It's their word. Okay, because the document they gave me says for, quote, giving the staff throat infections. Listen, you need that's, to talk to Jiraku. That that's not That's not my fault. That could have been from anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give our most sincere apologies to our very loyal listeners and viewers. Uh, next next episode, we will for sure be recording live on location somewhere. Uh, we'll follow us on social media at WOLCastXIV, and uh, we'll be able to keep you updated on where we're going to record live. All right. We got to talk about consent. Uh, and the reason we have to talk about consent is because every major conversation uh, in uh, role play and in especially in erotic role play and uh, really around this game should probably start with a conversation about consent. And it's one I have never heard addressed on a podcast before. So we thought what better way to start our first episode than by talking about consent. And I'll, I'll be up front right here when I was doing auditions for this show i told everyone who auditioned episode one's topic was going to be about consent that was a prerequisite to being auditioned for this show Mm -hmm. okay so i think there's a a bunch of different ways i'd like to handle a topic of consent uh i'd like to talk about consent in private consent in public and then uh because we're a little spicier on this show we're going to talk about consent and kink 
So, let's see. Jiraku, I'm going to start with you. Most uh, do. <laughs> and end with you, to be fair. Uh, consent. You have been writing... Uh, well, you've been writing fiction, uh, smut, for a long time. That's accurate, uh, yes. We have all erotic role-played for, uh, I would say a healthy portion of our lives. Uh, can you talk a little bit about consent and, and what, like, the importance of it in, in private conversations when it, or in private role plays, especially? I think the, the core thing that I feel that should really be carried across with all of this in general that we're discussing tonight is that the core of why it is a complex situation at all, I think, is that so many people find obtaining consent to be this part of social interaction that they have so little experience with, because so much of our day-to-day in other contexts is just based on assumption. It's assumed, well, I'm next in line, so I'm the one that goes. You don't get practice asking people about things or for consent to do things, And by and large, people are very skittish around sexual topics and sexuality. And I think that that is the root of the problem. And that if there, if that skittishness wasn't there, if people weren't so worried about it and all of these other things, then it, we wouldn't even need to have this conversation because it's consent is simple. It is very basic. And the core of the problem that you end up with is like, I mean, I think it's really simple when it comes to private conversations and private RP like that is with RP, you can just ask people out of character about things. It's perfectly fine. Use the parentheses. That's what they're there for. That's not actually what they're there for. But for our context, that's what they're there for. They're for they're for asides, you see. I, I, I write, uh, I write I, books. I, I know. I know what a parentheses <laughs> well, is. I think you're absolutely right, though. One of the biggest things that we run into is that in our society, uh, sexual conversation is so frowned upon. We use innuendo. We we use very suggestive terms. Uh, people refer to you know their penis or vagina. They use different words for it. And I mean, of course, we in the roleplay community do the exact same thing, but not quite for the same reason. Uh, we're, we're so prudish about having conversations about sex that we don't get any practice having conversations about consent. I do, we do, as a as a teenager, you know, I didn't get a whole lot of conver- practice having conversations about consent because I didn't get any chance to have very many conversations about sex until I was doing it effectively. Uh, and it's such a it's such a great point that you make is we need to be more willing just to have these conversations because when you're used to having conversations like that, suddenly talking about consent is easy. It is. It absolutely is. It's it's the equivalent of asking people to jog when they've never walked before. But as soon as you learn how to walk, jogging comes right after. It's not like it's sprinting. It's not like being asked to run a marathon. It's as simple as no, but like just go the teeniest bit more. Like it's just an intro level conversation when it comes to sexuality but so many people become so uncomfortable the instant there's any kind of talking whatsoever and then you have all of these stories that romanticize and propagate this idea that 
there shouldn't be conversations that if it's ideal or perfect, you don't have to have a conversation. And that's completely ludicrous. People it don't is. function that I mean, way. Serena, to that point, um, some people will, uh, usually the offender, will uh, try to argue, it's not sexy to ask for consent. It's a major turnoff. Thoughts? Um, then you need to leave. If you think it is something unsexy, then you, we aren't in the same mind space, and that is incorrect. Well, and you're just not, you're not doing you're not, it right. It's not, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, if you do not think that if we are going to go farther than just having a nice conversation... Like, you think, oh, you want to come into the bedroom and, you know, like, actually, no, come and stuff like that, then we have to be on the same page about consent. That's the yep. ultimatum. If you are like, well, you don't need it, you do. Y- yeah, you you definitely do. And I mean, I mean, straight up, like, people think, like, uh, that, that consent can't be sexy aren't putting any of the work in. They're not putting the, the mental, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say gymnastics. You have to do that. It's not gymnastics at all, but it, it's the it's the the legwork mm-hmm. that you got that you sometimes got to put in. But it's it doesn't have to be like people people think consent is going to be um, uh, you're having a good night, right? And you're you've got a lot of chemistry, and you're talking, you're laughing, you're joking, and then like they think it's I'm gonna pull the conversation over and be like, um, excuse me, I'd like to put my penis inside of you tonight. Would you consent to that happening? Mm-hmm. No, that's that's, that's, that's not, not at all what that is. That's. The, no. The people who say that consent isn't sexy because it's this distraction or whatever nonsense, they're just really bad at sex. Like yeah. you're it's I, I'm guaranteeing you that there is a very, very clear Venn diagram with those people and people who don't think that foreplay matters, and people that don't think that shampoo is a relevant product for their <laughs> life. The, or deodorant. These, these sorts about the of same people. people. This is what I'm saying. There's a very clear Venn diagram there. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's just it's the it's the kind of people who have very clearly never been with a girl and maybe gently uh, stroked a finger over their cheek and looked into her eyes and said, "May I kiss you?" Exactly. Because because I'll tell you that's happened to me, and the answer was in that case, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. As my heart beats into my throat, like. But that's asking for consent. You asked, may I kiss you? And if they had answered, no, I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable with that, the exchange is over. And that's all there is to it. Um, so let's talk about this in the space of Final Fantasy XIV, where we're now online. And, and I think a lot of the time consent comes up most in ERP conversations. So let's let's start there. Because for me, every erotic role play ever... A hundred percent, unless it's someone you know incredibly well. Maybe they're your regular partner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that you do it all the time. Okay, well, maybe you have some form of implied consent at that point. Although not necessarily, because if they say stop, you still stop. But like, if if this is not someone that you are ERPing with on the regs, then the every conversation starts with, as Jiraku said, a parentheses message that says, uh, are you interested in ERPing? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it can be that easy. Hey, uh, saw your character, really love your glamour, really love the kind of character that you're playing, sounds interesting. I think our characters have some good uh, chemistry. Interested in a session. Exactly. That's all it has to be. Jiraku, tell me I'm not crazy, please. I'm, I'm begging I you. I mean, all you have to do really is just go. And this, this works 100% of the time, I absolutely promise, is you, just, you sit there, you take a breath, 
so very calm and you go your glamour's really hot you want to knock boots <laughs> every time every time every time that i've ever tried it it works mm-hmm. he's married ladies and gentlemen. i'm married you know so it works 100 percent of the time you know what it has it well 20 percent of the time it works every it, time it's more accurate to say it has a zero percent failure rate yep <laughs> fair point uh and i think another interesting thing too about that is if you're if you're looking uh, around and you're not certain if they're interested in in erp again we said this last episode check that search comment because a lot of the times they'll tell you if they are or aren't but that said and this is incredibly important i need everyone to listen to this because there are a few socially awkward people out there and if you are socially awkward that's you know we're not i'm not here to judge i'm just here to try to inform if someone says they are interested in ERP in their search comment, that does not necessarily mean they're interested in ERP with you. That's you, correct. You cannot, as lovely it is to talk to people, you cannot be like, oh, this person searching for says they're interested in ERP. Let me start. Exactly. Yes, uh, exactly. You... I don't. My, my search comment says, quote, all RP welcome. Which I mean, you know, you can get what that kind of means, mm-hmm. but like, there are, I have had people. I had someone who uh, uh, was a Makote, uh, a Makote male, mm-hmm. who messaged me saying, "Hey, love your glam. Hey, that's a great start to a conversation. Thank you. I've worked really hard on my glam." Uh, to which they then followed that up by saying, "Can I be your nun?" Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those who are not aware, uh, Mikote are a patriarchal society. Uh, the nun is the leader of the Miko and the head of the harem, uh, to which I went, Wah. The one that breathes. No. It's... The one, the, the one that do be fucking. It's a delightfully terrible way to ask that question. Yeah, it is. I, again, appreciate the attempt to ask for consent. Not quite what I was looking for, yeah. though. I think that we can boil down that the broad majority of these issues come from people who they they have one of two situations. Either they are not considering the feelings of others at all. And I think that that's probably actually fewer than it feels like. Because when someone comes at you like that, it does feel like they're not thinking for an instant what your reaction might be, what you might feel from it. Mm-hmm. I've given this a lot of thought because I knew this would be our first episode. And I've done a lot of looking into things, watching people, reading through RPs from other people. And what I can tell is that it seems like a lot of people have this problem where they get familiar with one person and then they forget that the way they act with that one person they know, who they know very, very well, is not immediately transferable to any other person. You, You can't treat someone that you've never met like your best friends. That that's totally true. I have a roleplay partner that we you know we've been roleplaying for a number of years, and with a number of years of roleplaying comes a decent amount of um, comfortability and trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our roleplays can be intense. They are some of the most extreme kinks that I play with in my roleplay, and they're very intense. Uh, and I, it's imperative that I always remind myself that a someone that I'm with for my first time, I can't necessarily just jump into that level of role play with them because they're going to reasonably be like, 
what the hell? I mean, maybe every so often you'll find the person who's that's their kink and they're super into it, but like you haven't built that rapport oh. yet. You can't go there yet. I think that's the biggest thing is they think they like like Dragon said, just like ah. Uh, this is how it is. Everyone's like this. I can message anyone. The same thing. You cannot. Um, exactly. I mean, listen, consent in private, it can be boiled down to a couple of things. Every ERP conversation begins with a message out of character that asks, hey, are you into this? Uh, and frankly, also, what kinds of things do you want to play with? But we'll talk about that when we get to kink. Mm-hmm. Uh and if the answer is either silence or anything other than the word sure or beginning a post, that's non-consent. They have not consented. I'm sorry. I mean, there's more words than sure. Oh, there's fair, also fair yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there's also yes, yes queen. Yes. I snap <laughs> in the distance. Sorry. <laughs> But I love you, <laughs> if it's anything other than a positive reaction to it, yeah, that's really that's you're looking for a positive, whatever. People when you like, get oh gosh, a, yeah, that's a when when you get a wishy washy half non-committal thing, that's usually someone who's really uncomfortable and they just don't want to have to say it outright. Mm-hmm. Which, generally speaking, as advice for you if you've ever done that, just tell them to fuck off. It works yeah. really well. It works really well to just tell people to go away. Well, I mean, that is true. Like, if if you're in that situation and you don't want to do it and you don't feel comfortable, you literally, all you have to say is, sorry, I'm not interested. Or you can call me. That's it. Or call Serena and she'll come over and hit him with a bat. I literally just show up and be like, what you doing? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about a very controversial subject here. Let's talk about consent in public for ERP. Um, I'll go around the room first. So yes, no, and a quick explanation of why from everybody. We'll start with Serena. Can public ERP ever be consensual? Uh, I say no. Um, it will. Okay. It, I would could say it depends. Um, okay. there could be public ERP at an event at what it is meant for. So like a brothel night mm-hmm. in a. Something Lanya K is probably yep, at. Yep, something Lana K is probably at. Something that people are going there knowing that that might be something that could be occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, it is already stated in everything like that. Like something that you're going to, that it is stated, this is what will be happening. The people here are of the correct age to be here and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Otherwise, doing it in the quicksand in front of everybody and there's people that are not and people that are just trying to do their freaking main story quest. I don't think that is at all. Because- all right, Drew. <laughs> I feel that the answer is a very resounding no. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually collected screenshots. I spent a little bit of time, which by which to say literally it only took 10 minutes. To find two different examples of people not consenting to public ERP in the vicinity mm-hmm. of the quicksand. I mean, isn't it amazing how it's always the quicksand? It's always the quicksand. 
It's a place whose reputation draws it to itself, because I am convinced if you actually go through the quicksand, the overwhelming majority of the people that are actually problems there, that are doing the public things, that are being terrible and obnoxious, they all have visitor next to their name, wanderer ah. next to their name. And I am convinced it is because the people who are actually going to make problems hear that that is the place to make problems and mm. then they go there and it is the reputation creating the nature of this problem because i remember it was nowhere near this bad six years ago five years ago four years ago it wasn't because yes it would happen there but it wasn't always in public it wasn't this big grand constant show it was it was kept to party chats there would be conversation right. in say but it wouldn't be erp directly you're mm -hmm. not going to walk into the quicksand and see someone getting a blowjob unless it's a mistell and someone just got really embarrassed mm -hmm. i was gonna say you might have your mt every now and then but that's a little bit different like i mean listen things happen it it is you know it's a, it's a game and you know, we're, we're busy sometimes and we make mistakes but i think i'm right there with you i think by a three and O vote, uh, we're going to agree that uh, really save for very specific events where that is the theme of the event, where everyone who is in attendance is aware that this is going to be happening. Like I know some people run their FC house as a strip club. Okay. Well, you, you know, if you go into the strip club FC that there's probably going to be girls or guys stripping in there. Um, so you kind of consent by entering, you kind of consent by partaking in the event, but in the middle of the quicksand, as much as I might enjoy seeing a bunny boy get reamed over a table, not everyone is there for that. And not everyone is going to consent to that. And you can never know if everyone's consenting to that. So no, I don't believe you can have public ERP be consensual. I know it's a huge turn on for a lot of people and sure. I'm sure the people who are doing the role play are consenting to it, but when you have an audience, you are including them in your exhibitionism, and they have to consent also. They're they're your partners now, effectively. Like if you want to have that thrill, you can still do it. Just do it in a freaking link shell or in a party chat or something mm -hmm. else that is not, say, shout or yell chat. Yeah. Like, and that's not to say that's not to say you can't role play, yeah. but if it's erotic. Yeah, you really need to keep that somewhere mm -hmm. private. Okay. One more angle to look at this from, and it's one that's near and dear to my heart, and also sometimes I think a very difficult conversation to have, and one I guarantee you're not going to hear on very many podcasts. Let's talk about consent and kink. Um, I think one of the most wonderful things about online roleplay and online storytelling and collaborative writing and ERP is the ability to explore kinks that you could not and would not want to ever explore in real life, whether they because like they're not physically possible or whether they be because they would be illegal or whether they be because a million other reasons why you just wouldn't do it in real life. Hey, yo, Maybe I am into getting peed on in game, but it's really inconvenient when it's in my bed and I have to clean the sheets later. Do it in the bathtub. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all right, Serena. <laughs> and we learned something new about Serena tonight. Uh, so I want to I want to throw it out to you: to where do you stand on consent and kink, especially with the more extreme kings? Like, I mean, obviously, like 
spoiler, you can consent to wax play in in real life. Like that's that's fine. But there are kinks that get explored that by our laws can't be consented to in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh Jiraku as a smut writer, I'm going to turn it over to you first and <laughs> uh, get your thoughts on it. Well, I appreciate that. I am clearly the expert in this field. <laughs> well, let's start by saying that we here at the Warriors of Lust podcast, uh, none of us possess a law degree, so please don't take us this as any sort of legal advice. Oh, right, right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go so far as to say that never take anything I ever say for the rest of my life, natural or otherwise, as any sort of legal advice, because it, I will be rotting in hell before I dare to read a contract. God damn it. <laughs> Um, my, my stance on it is primarily what it comes down to my experience with kink consent and in the state of writing is I have found that people are willing to pay me to write so many things Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really, I discovered that to write these things effectively, you don't actually have to find them attractive yourself, which is Fact. which is pleasant because, oh boy. I used to work in a brothel and I uh, made a name for myself as someone who was willing to do most anything. Spoiler, I wasn't into most anything. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, of course. And I think the thing about fiction that makes fiction so valuable is that there's a wide variety of things that can be explored in fiction that otherwise would never be explored. And I think that there's value in exploring things that would be bad, things that would be terrible in real life, things that you would never want Mm -hmm. to have happen. This is why we have fiction to begin with. This is why we have these stories. And having taking issue with consent for extremely bizarre or out there or dangerous or otherwise like issues with kinks it's it's the same argument to be made about well should you be able to write a villain that kills a whole bunch of people in a story like i'm I'm, right is that murder like i'm gonna say there are some kinks that just from any kind of moral perspective to actually act on them would be horrible but is any one of them good like i okay I'm not going to rule out the possibility, but I have yet to be approached by, see, or been hired by someone who wanted genocide kink. And I do think that genocide is probably worse than any individual kink otherwise anyone would ever have as a thing. So if you can yeah. write a story about genocide, which you can, you I mean, I would go so far as to say that those need to be written. In some cases, I would go so far as to say as we play a game that explores that's, it. You know, that's very true. Um, then why would there be any kind of limitation on what you could write as far as mm-hmm. any kind of kink? But by the same token, because it is so extreme, because it is so far outside of the norm, you need to be extra fucking sure that your partner's into it. Holy shit. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, too true, right? So, I mean, and I don't want to beat around the bush with what i'm talking about here obviously when we talk about kink kink is such a massive massive term that refers to so many different things uh we could be referring to bondage we could be referring to wax we could be referring to chains whips we could be referring to breath play scent scenting masking a, a million different things but what we're talking about here are things that in any other context besides this erp 
or things would be considered illegal. We're talking about, ironically, non-consent scenes, age play scenes, snuff scenes, bestiality, things that in the real world cannot be consented to by their very nature. We do not consider animals able to give consent. Therefore, you can never have consensual bestiality, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that's just how it is. But in the world of Final Fantasy XIV, where literally you can say no animals were harmed in the making of this smut. um, I would love so much if Endwalker's title screen includes the text at the bottom, no animals were harmed in the making of this smut. (laughs) I mean... I listen. First of all, that's how we know they're listening. If that's is that, if that's what pops up, and second of all, Yoshi, hope you like the show. Um, I mean, clearly he's talking about characters being mommies I at know. this point. So, like, I mean, I think he does listen. Um, so here's the thing. I tend to agree, Jiraku, that I, I think there can be value in exploring kinks that you would never find to be attractive in any other situation. Let me tell you, when I was before I was out trans, one of my favorite kinks was forced feminization, which really should have been a red flag, but it wasn't at the time. I didn't quite get why I was so into it, but I loved the idea of being forced against my will to become womanly. And guess what? If there is no context in real life where that would be okay, because by its nature, it had to be forced. I wasn't into it if I volunteered for it. Uh, so it, it had to be a non-consensual scene. And of course, while I did end up being trans and, and maybe we were exploring a little bit of my actual psyche, that isn't always the case. Like there's a million different reasons why these things that are not okay in the real world might be appealing to you as you try to explore them. And at the end of the day, so long as your partner who is exploring the scene with you is a consenting adult who can give you consent for this scene... I'm going to argue it doesn't matter what scene you do. Uh, I mean, Serena, where where do you stand on it? I honestly, as someone who has been in the kink community um, <laughs> for a while, I think consent and kink and even those that are out there are go hand in hand. Like that is... They just do, because no matter what, not because right. not everything kink wise also has to be sexual. Oh there, yeah, there absolutely are scenes not. that you can that can happen, and it doesn't have to be sexual at all. But it's still something that it needs to be consented upon. It needs to have that, like you said, the conversation beforehand, and even with non like the non consensual consent for things that that's right. a conversation I- you have with the partner you're with to be like hey this is something i'm into it is a non-consensual thing i am letting you know it's something i'm into are would you be interested in in the future like doing a scene with this the only thing is i cannot know it's going to happen but i am telling you now it is something that i I I want to have have happen happen. like you said with the forced feminization um some Mm -hmm. people that are into non-con um non-consent con or even the Mm -hmm. there's what is it it's boggling my mind Uh, i think it's like clowns clowns. (laughs) um well listen i'll put it this way yeah sound to feel exactly like you cannot like okay you want to have sex with a sleeping Mm -hmm. person 
okay, well, they really can't consent to you doing that, but if they've discussed it with you beforehand and they want you mm-hmm. to do that, okay, we can talk yep. about that. But, I mean, I've had scenes when I worked in the brothel where someone wanted me to play a underage character. Mm-hmm. And that's a difficult conversation to have, especially when you're only, you know, I was probably 24 at the time when I'm having that conversation and trying to figure out, like, ooh, okay, well, that's that's a tough line to mm-hmm. walk. You know what I mean? Like, that, that is a difficult line to walk. And I ultimately where i morally fall on it like it's a reprehensible thing and like if i like it's not something that would ever be okay really ever and at the same time i look at it and go except i'm a 24 year old consenting adult agreeing to play this character mm-hmm. so really it's consensual mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 a really difficult conversation to have but it's one i thought was super important for us to have, especially given that next week on the show, we're going to talk about the age of majority yeah. in Final Fantasy XIV, well, which is going to be... We, well, we are see. exactly listen, the people who should be having that exactly. conversation. Yeah. Listen, if you, I'm going to put it this way. If you can make it through the first two episodes of the show, the rest of it's going to oh, be yeah, no problem. Oh, yeah, smooth sailing. Smooth, smooth sailing. <laughs> you see that boat, hop on it, listen to the stories for like, you know, two two days, and then after that, wow, perfect, you know? Yeah. All right. As fun as it is uh, discussing uh, consent in all of its different forms. And by the way, we encourage you to have conversations about consent and how important it is in your own life. Uh, Make sure you're having it with your partners. It's always good. Even if it is someone you role play with regularly, check in with them every now and then and make sure like, hey, are you enjoying this still? Are we are we still good? Is there something new you want to try? I'd like to try this. Can I do you? Are you interested? Can would you know, would there be consent for that? Like, it's an important and ongoing conversation. Consent is not a one-time conversation by any stretch of the imagination. It's something you should be having throughout your time with someone. I mean, listen, my wife and I are married. We've been married now for over a year. We've been together for a number of years. We still, when we want to try something new, it starts with a conversation about mm-hmm. consent. It, it just does every single and time. As it should. So as, as it should. All right, that's going to do it for consent. So let's shift over. We're coming up kind of on the end of the show here. Uh, we, as always, especially after a heavy conversation like that, we like to end with something kind of fun and upbeat and exciting. And uh, I believe Jiraku actually suggested this game originally. So uh, we're going to do our best in bed super fight. For those of you who don't know what Super Fight is, it's a great card game wherein uh, you have two theoretical superheroes, each of them given a place and each of them given a superpower or a tool or an implement of some kind, and then the players have to argue about who is going to be the winner of the Super Fight. And then whoever drew the card originally will uh, determine the winner. So we thought... We could take some characters and some places and some implements and decide who would make for the better evening in bed. Can I I say something? You may. When I first was like, people, places, and implements, um, (laughs) my brain was like, people, places, and pleasures. I just want to let you know that. Oh, we're going to call it that. (laughs) Hold up. We're changing the name right now. This game is now called People, Places, and Pleasures. I just wanted to let you know because I was like... We were like PPPs. That's <laughs> the second time now that Serena has come up with a way better name for a segment. Can we just hey, give her uh, the so- name for all of these? Like, just have her name everything? Yeah. Hey, Serena, what's Serena- the new podcast name while we're at it? 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Warriors of Lust is so. Eh. What What do you want to call the po- podcast? I don't know. Please don't come at me. I can't. <laughs> I can't be pressured into it. It just comes to me. Well, you do need to consent. Yep. First. That is true. <laughs> oh, All right. <laughs> it just it, it happens. It's like because it's like kind of like talking out loud to yourself. That sounds really bad. Just don't ever answer yourself. Um, yeah, so. that's fair. <laughs> as long all as right. you don't answer I'm, yourself, you're not crazy. Exactly. You can answer yourself all you want. So I'm going to provide for you two people, places, and implements, and you two are going to argue about who makes for the better evening in bed. Here's the first one. And this one is going to Serena. Serena, <laughs> Munbrita, in Limsa Lominsa, with Tupsamati. Tupsamati, Tupsamati, wasn't that the... That is, uh, sorry, um, uh, the staff, staff that belonged to Louis Okay, Wall. I wanted to make sure that I was correct in that. I was Hol- like... Holds a metric fuck ton of ether. That is an actual uh, w- uh, weight. Oh, uh, okay. Jiraku, I'm giving you Urianje in Ilmeg with unlimited time to prepare. Okay. I have clearly won this at <laughs> character select. So let me just go into the specifics so you can understand how completely fucked you are in any kind of argument against mine. I'm okay with that. Ilmeg. See, it's Ariange already. He takes off the robes. He's in the Astrologian outfit. Instant goes from like a three to an eight. Guaranteed. Out the gate. Wow. How amazing that he does that. Munbrita never has that opportunity to get oh, any kind of upgrade gosh. to her outfit. Now, <laughs> on top of Urianje, she died for your on sins. On top of Urianje being way hotter now, it's in Ilmeg, and he has unlimited time to prepare. He is one of the only people in all of the, anywhere that the fairies listen to, that the fairies do things for, that he's able to manipulate them into doing things for him specifically. Like, we see that he gets them to make him tea by pretending that he doesn't like it. He's clever enough. He can make any fantasy happen. He has access to so much fairy magic. All those illusions, all those spells, all that crazy, terrifying shit. He can probably drag you into that fucking wild dream realm that I can't remember the name of, but that's okay. All of your wildest pleasures, all of your broadest concepts, everything you could ever want is there. And Ariange has unlimited time to make it happen. Are you kidding me? Of course he wins. <laughs> Do you think Ariange knows where the clitoris is outside of what he's read in yes. books? He found out with Moonbrita, I'm quite sure. <laughs> I'm going to be quite sure about that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure Moonbrita's uh, clit isn't uh, bigger than my dick. So. Anyway. <laughs> it specifies that the doll that he has of her is anatomically correct. Mm, you're not wrong. Mm. Okay, pretty convincing argument. Uh, Serena, talk to me about Moonbrita in Limsa Laminsa with Tupsamati. Okay, first of all, Tupsamati with how it's shaped. There's a, there's oh a plethora of options. For it to be used with uh, as okay, um, yeah. Secondly, it's Moonbrita. Like I don't know, like if you did not instantly love her as a character, I'm I'm sorry. First of all, she is an extremely attractive bro. 
Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. one of like I, like I said previously, I feel like I was just meant to get the row anyways because I love Fem Rose. Um not only that, she's a warrior, so she can handle her own shit and definitely knows how to put someone in their place and is strong. So her endurance is probably pretty good. She does have a downside, but you know, we won't worry about that. Um I just I think she just she would know how to handle the situation correctly. In my sense, and especially in Limsa, um there's a lot of places to Okay. Be. Um I don't feel I am not as eloquent as Jiraku. Well, few of us <laughs> exactly. Are. So it's. I feel like I am at a disadvantage. Um, I mean, it is a debate game, which know, is, is I, a little bit harder. That said, <laughs> listen, when Brita's got some things Brita, going for she got, her, she got a lot of things going for her. The only downfall is that uh, she is no longer in this plane. <laughs> well, she is dead. She's dead. That, and that does make consent very it hard. It does. I w- I'm going to say, uh, Jiraku, mm-hmm. I am going to award you this point on your point of, I don't know that anyone has gotten a glow up quite oh, like yeah. Orianje has. <laughs> like, we've had a lot of people who have uh, definitely gotten hotter, but no one has gotten a glow up like Orianje, especially into Shadowbringers. Oh, yeah. Like, right? Like, like we're just like, wait, that's Orianje? Oh, damn. There's a reason All the right. game gives you the dialogue option to hit on him as soon as you see him again. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. All right. So point goes to Jiraku. Serena. Okay. What do you got for so us? So for my people, places, and pleasures, so I'm just going to call it that because that's what we're calling it. Um, yep. I was having a really hard time, but that's because my brain is everywhere with the t- type of characters that I that we have. So... With this one, um, for you, Callie, I give you Magni (laughs) in the Dawn Throne with a beeswax Uh candle. Oh my! Okay. And then Jiraku, we get you get Sudurgu in Ishgard with raw emotion. Oh fuck yes! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. I'm ready. Hit me. All right. I'll go first. All right. Magni. <laughs> first and foremost, the nickname Little Son, not doing him justice. There's nothing little about it. Uh, he, we've got, we're at the Dawn Throne, which means we are in his territory, his people. That means I could be marched out in the streets in front of everybody, uh, brought to his chambers. Uh, he could put me in the dungeon. Literally, this is his place. Uh, and you said he has a beeswax candle. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not opposed to a little bit of wax play. Uh, and I just have a feeling that anything that has to do with heat or burning, he is going to be extremely good at. Plus, I mean, we all know that he's looking for that special someone and there's no reason I couldn't be her. So, uh, yeah, I th- I think Magni's got it in the bag. Okay. Draco? I appreciate your argument, but you're woefully outclassed here. Because, also, I would just like to say very quickly, 
What a wonderful thing that you could have picked any two characters and you picked another two Zeva. I, I listen. <laughs> but I was, regardless, I was... <laughs> Ishgard, what are the things that we know about Ishgard? First off, it's listed all Ishgard. There was no specific part of Ishgard. So there's nowhere in Ishgard this can't be. And we know that House Zymail is kinky as fuck. If you are a leather worker, you know how many harnesses those people order. If you've been to the Zymel Darkhold, you know what kind of clothes they're hiding away in there. They can oh pretend boy. to be goody-good little Ishgardian Halonics all they want. They're not. They most certainly aren't. And that's where I'm going with Sudurgu. Straight <laughs> over to House Zymel's little horrible pleasure den that they definitely have. And then... This is the other thing. This is the other reason I'm positive about this. First off, Sudoku has that delightful little Sundere thing going on the whole time. That's just amazing. He's really one of the most anime of all of the characters in all of FF14. It's great. He's got those beautiful eyes, and that's going to make things just really intense when he comes at you with raw emotion because again again this is a consistent thing with why i am i'm, I'm sure this is why Arianje wins this is definitely why sadurku wins when you can manifest whatever you want like dark knights can through the power of emotion that's how it works they just make things happen and yes it's very extreme things but who's not into a little bit of extremeness with when it comes to dark knights in house zymail's place <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> All right. Counterpoint. Wherever Sudurgu goes, so too does Riel. And nothing is a bigger turnoff than an 11-year-old Elizan girl hanging out. There is no reason why we can't just throw her out of the room and have her go buy <laughs> ice cream for a couple hours or something. It's not that big. Fair a enough. Thing. Fair enough. New counterpoint. Sudurgu is Ishgardian. New counterpoint. No, he's not. He's from the Asm Steppe. Sudurgu is an step. He is an ol, oral. Yeah, but he's hanging out in Ishgard. Yeah, that does not make him Ishgardian. He is not. He, uh, I, I, your, uh, your opinion of everyone else who hangs out in Ishgard is pretty low. My opinion of everyone who identifies as Ishgardian is very low. <laughs> he does not. He, Fair he enough. Woefully hates them. All right, Serena. <laughs> you have the final say. Um, so it's that's really funny as I've never done a Dark Knight quest. Um, I only know of Sir Dugu because of my friends. Um, <laughs> he is uh, very tortured. I, I know. He's um, very bratty. It's great. <laughs> he That said, great, actually, great point there, Jiraku. Is Sudurgu uh, a top or a bottom? I th would struggle to find a character that is more of a bottom than Sudurgu. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. I, I think, to be fair, I think so is no, Magna. He might be the only one who is more of a bottom. He than is. <laughs> In my opinion. Um, okay. This is definitely the battle of the bottoms, and I'm a switch. So. Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, Jiraku probably wins this one again. Oh. I'm sorry, Callie. Oh, it's all right. No, I listen. gave you Magni. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, did, I did the best I could with Magni. I know. You, you put up an admirable effort, but also Magni. He literally got, he literally got his pants pulled down by Yishtola in front of yeah. everyone, and it's hard to come yeah. back from that. I understand. All right, Jiraku. Well, you can't win this round, so uh, you can give us the uh, the point. You can give us the characters instead. What do we got? Well, the beautiful thing about this is that I still haven't quite made up my mind who I want to assign which to. 
Oh, because boy. I am indecisive sometimes. So how about oh, we'll, no. we'll let our audience hear live as you two decide who you want on this. Um, I was going to say our audience is mad because we're not actually where we're supposed to be. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not that I forgot who said which already. Right. Oh, um, so we'll just announce them and we'll tell you. Hien in the Domain Enclave with Shibari. That sounds right up my alley. Ooh. Oh boy. Versus Minago in the Royal Menagerie with a Merid Leather Whip, specifically Merid Leather. And to, okay. for anyone unaware, the Royal Menagerie is the place with all the gorgeous flowers, the big garden. I mean, it was the place. Uh-huh. Spoilers. Uh, Serena, can you tell me who uh, who did Jiraku just say is the other person at the Royal Menagerie? No, please don't make me say it. I only know who was I that? only know her as Mango. <laughs> our name, oh, our I just name want to hear is it. not Mango. It's whatever. Good old Mango. Whatever Drunk said, but all my right, brain. I'll take I'll take Minago <laughs> in the Royal Menagerie with a married leather, leather wow, whip. I feel like we're playing uh, Clue now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? Ne- next week on the sh- or next episode, we're playing Clue, <laughs> and I play an X-rated <gasps> Clue. Ooh, I'm interested. Okay, and I'll take Yen in the Dome and Enclave with Shibari. All right, you can start off with your himbo. Okay, first of all, to himbo, like I, he was, he has, a, he has a lot going on with him, but have you seen how he wields a sword? Uh, I have. We uh, most of us did at the end of the Stormblood exactly. quest. Yeah, he's he's pretty he's, good. He can handle a sword really well. So imagine when else he can handle well. Second of all, Shibari has so many options of what you can do with it. Okay, not just, it's not I agree. Just, I agree. It doesn't have to be just fancy rope tying or anything like that as well. It can lead to some rather fun. Uh, instances um i mean i'm all for a little suspension (laughs) suspension um so not only can he wield a sword well and he's probably good with his hands then i would say um Uh, probably probably he also i feel like he's rather powerful i mean he's in charge he's highly in charge now um Eh, he was born into it. Yeah, you know, but still, you can still learn. Yeah. Um, All right. I think I'm really bad at these. I, I ne- would never be good on a debate team. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're making a fairly compelling argument so far. <laughs> I, I was like, you had me at suspension. <laughs> so. uh, all right. Minago in the Royal Menagerie with a Merid Leather Whip. All right. First of all, this is, and this is very important. I speak from a lot of experience. Minago is a seeker of the sun. Which means that she is skilled in both handling a nun, but also because she can't always get attention from her nun, she is uh, well-versed in the female form as well. So she definitely has had some experience with her tribe sisters. So uh, she is going to be very well-versed, I believe, in both the male and female form. Uh, we're going to be hanging out in the Royal Menagerie, which, first of all, as far as a as a place to just get absolutely uh, reamed, is a lovely location. And she's sporting a Merid weather lip, a whip rather. And I got to tell you, they don't call it like they they tell you that nothing cracks like Merid leather, and this is why Minago is the reason they say that. 
She is someone who I think has a chip on her shoulder after at least got to take over uh, the Alamegan army instead of her, which was garbage. Uh, and I, I think personally, uh, Monago is someone who is going to have some, um, let's see how to put this. Her mom is definitely a keeper, and I think she's going to have some uh, techniques for keeping both men and women in line. <laughs> marvelous, marvelous. Now, do either of you have anything else to add to your corresponding arguments? I think I'm good. Uh, a himbo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is a himbo, but I will argue maybe because he's a himbo, how good at Shibari is he? Is he actually? Now, don't have to be I, stupid. I have known himbos that were very good at knitting, mm-hmm. and those oh. skill sets overlap. Yes, they do a bit. Yeah, more more than you would think they would. <laughs> more than you would think they would. It's close. I'm gonna have to give it to Serena. Oh, oh. I win! Oh, for three on my own joke. <laughs> so first place is Shiraku, then me, then Callie. Oh, dead last. I thought it was going to be me. I'm not going to lie. I really was like Jiraku, then Callie, and then myself. <laughs> no, you you got it. Listen, listen, he ends, he's very handsome. He has that's such a nice jawline. That sounds so weird. It really does. It sounds like such a weird thing to point out. They're both so <laughs> oh, hot. You're right. All right, so <laughs> we need all of you to tell us how we did. Let us know on Twitter at WOLCastXIV. How do we do? Did, did we get it right or did we get it wrong? Who would you argue for? We want to hear from you. We need to say thank you to, for everyone for tuning in and listening. We're just so thrilled. We've already had over 100 downloads on the, the pilot episode, uh, and we're looking forward to just growing that number from there. If you're out there wondering how you can help the show, I'm going to tell you right now the number one way you can help this show grow is to tell a friend. Tell a friend you've got this gay, thirsty-ass show that you want them to listen to, and they need to listen with earbuds. We like The number one comment I think we heard after the pilot episode is, great listen with earbuds. Uh, because I think it, you don't have to get too far into the show before you're like, who can't have the boss over here in that one? Uh, that's how most of our shows are going to be. So uh, we, we do uh, appreciate everyone who's tuned in. If you made it through the consent conversation today, good news you'll probably be able to make be able to make it through the age of majority discussion next week and from there we'll probably you'll probably be fine for the rest of the show i don't think any of our other topics are quite as uh intense as we're leading off with but um we felt like they were some of the most important conversations we could have to start things off and the reason for that is because so common that's the discourse that we see if i have to see the alpha no alley say thirst discourse one more time i'm actually going to scream so you know what we're going to address it once and for all the warriors of lust will have the final say on whether it's appropriate or not to thirst over alphano and ali say we're going to deal with that next week or ne- uh, next episode i should say and uh yeah at that point you'll either hate us or love us and well we'll find out from there uh, I want to send a huge thank you to my uh, two wonderful co-hosts, Jiraku and Serena. Thank you for all of your uh, hard work and for doing such a fantastic job on this show. I love getting to do this show with the both of you. It is one of my things I look forward to the most. I've only done two episodes. It's already like the thing I look forward to the most of in my weeks. Um, so, yeah, please tell everyone, anyone. Talk about it on Twitter. 
Uh, you can now find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, um, Amazon, and I, I think I don't know if we're approved yet, but I tried. It's uh, going up on Pandora and on um, uh, Alexa. So yeah, it's 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 going. Uh, iHeartRadio. It's going to be pretty much everywhere. You can find the show. Tell them that they can find the show. You've already found the show. You're listening to it right now. Uh, and yeah, if you also, if you really love the show, I do need to mention it. Uh, I do have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash Escalia, E-S-K-A-L-I-A. Uh, one of the rewards on there for any amount of money donated on the Patreon is you get the episodes two days early. Normally the show is going to come out on, uh, every other Sunday, but you'll get it on that Friday beforehand if you are a subscriber on the Patreon. So that's going to be it. Jiraku, Serena, any final thoughts? If you would like to hire me to write something for you. There we go. There it is. There it is. Olda, everybody. If you would like to hire me to write something for you, uh, you can contact me over Discord by joining the lovely Discord server tied to Escalia. What a- yeah, the layer of the Escasuals. You can find it on my Twitter. Okay. At yes uh my name on there is my name of course um but you could also just direct message me my discord handle is 24 characters number 2535 mm-hmm. and serena any final thoughts if you ever just want to talk to me i'm in this kalia discord as well i don't really have much i don't do much i'm just here and i'm cool you are cool i I just realized that this makes it sound like i was like no you must never talk to me unless you're going to pay me money and that's not really anymore sorry (laughs) i will talk to you every other that's not that's not really what i meant (laughs) no not at all no please we do uh, encourage uh myself uh jiraku and serena we're all available in the discord uh me and serena are pretty active on twitter that's at escalia and at purple goth zayla uh you can you can always message us on twitter we're always happy to talk and uh if you're out there and maybe you're exploring kink and you're exploring consent and you have questions or just trying to find some advice on some stuff always feel free to reach out ask away until next time we'll see you in two weeks everyone have a wonderful night farewell we need more toast (laughs) god damn it The Warriors of Lust podcast is created by its hosts and the support of its listeners. Views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of Callie Page, Serena Hima, and Jiraku Drake, and are in no way affiliated with Square Enix. Opening and closing themes provided by Karai Kuromo. Check them out on Twitter at Karai Kuromo. If you want to support the Warriors of Lust podcast, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash and make sure to follow us on Twitter at WOLCastXIV. XIV.